I'm ready with y'all, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What is good, everybody? It is your boy Francis Carlotta on episode 11 of The Up and Under. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a name. We are no longer the podcast to be named later. And though it took 11 episodes, later is finally here but not only do we was not built in a day that's right correct thank you connor rome was not built in a day now not only do we have a name we also have a legit logo designed by a really close friend of ours and former college roommate mark voitik so huge shout out to mark for designing the logo we also spent so much time talking about if we're going to be a sports podcast or just focus on basketball and after some really good discussions we decided to concentrate on what we know best and be a full-time basketball podcast focusing on all things NBA and college. And for those of you who did listen to our last podcast, we made a lot of bets to do the end of it. I lost. Uh, <laughs> I lost pretty badly. And, oh my God, I had to drink, really I had to shotgun four beers, but I, I didn't shotgun them because I didn't have cans. I only had bottles. So I had to chug four beers and I just chugged four beers before this episode, so if I slur my speech or sound hammered, it's because I am. So please, please give me some leeway a little bit on this episode. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is The Up and Under. And as always, I am joined by two-time intramural basketball champions, two of the few, to complete the Rhodes Double, winning the 3-on-3 and 5-on-5 championship in the same year. Legends of intramural sports, Connor Byrne and Grant Heckinger. How are y'all doing today, boys? Wow, what an introduction, Francis. Thank you. Uh, your drunk energy is contagious. Thank you. And uh, I will have to say just two comments on that. The first one being um, what we know best. I actually know everything best, but that's, you know, I, I, I was open for more sports, I, but it's okay. You're and, done. Uh, You're kicked off. <laughs> and second, I would like a uh, to add for this episode a siren for every time Francis does something kind of drunk sounding. Like <laughs> drunk Francis siren. That can be arranged. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just, so what is drunk Francis like? I get into like when, my emotions and cry. When, like is that? Or no, like drunk. Like you might start talking about how uh, how the Timberwolves are going to do in this year's playoff competition. <laughs> <laughs> how I'm an Andrew Wiggins believer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do the siren. Yeah, do the siren. Yeah, that's true. He's a Warriors player. He's not on the Timberwolves anymore. There's one. Francis, or Grant, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I think um, if we found out anything from this podcast, it's how long is too long to come up with a name. Probably shouldn't have taken us five months to come up with the up and under. Um, But glad we made it, and uh, let's get after it. Well, that's I'm I'm glad to hear that that y'all are doing very very well, Connor. I've 
I've actually thought about my NBA comp for you, and my NBA comp for you has always been Bill Lambeer. But Grant, I've really done some, I've really dug deep to think about what is your NBA comp, and maybe it's like a less athletic Rudy Gay, if that's even really a thing. I'm not, I guess the more that I say it out loud, maybe it's not really a thing. But that's kind of mine. Like Grant, do you have what? Have you thought about your NBA comp? just in general uh yeah a little bit um i want to frame this with a question first do y'all think unleashed kyle anderson is a top 20 player in this league what does that even mean like <laughs> what is an unleashed kyle anderson you mean build a team things? around that guy you put you put shooters around him i think he's uh i think he's a 19 9 and 8 type player <laughs> he's, he's my favorite high school mixtape still of all time. He's so really wow. He, he yeah. played so well the other night, except for you know like he had four really stupid turnovers. Uh, but he was just making these great plays, hit knocking down threes. That's the version of Kyle Anderson I think we're being deprived of because he's put in this box as you know really unathletic player <laughs> that you can't build a team around. But I think you could build a team around. I like that. So that being said, I like that. my NBA comp is LeBron. Um, <laughs> okay, that doesn't. How did that transition work? Yeah. Not... <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that sounds really cocky to say LeBron, but I feel like I have the same limitations as LeBron. Is is kind of what I think. So it's like I'm best with the ball in my hand. Not a great off the ball player. Uh, the shake I've talked about. I don't really have shake. LeBron doesn't really have shake. I just kind of, I'm, I, uh, you know, okay. it, the people I'm playing, I'm usually bigger than. I'm just going through them or over them. Um, Fair and enough. you know I, I can shoot to a degree but it's not i'm not a pure shooter it's more just kind of force of will and a little bit of practice and, and okay. made me a, you know a, a reasonable good reasonably good shooter to uh just to make a moment here for our listeners to recap Fran, uh, grant compares himself to lebron fine not, not uh, grant compares himself to lebron in a previous thing that we had done like when we originally had the radio show francis once again called me bill lambeer and then I go, Francis, who are you? And he doesn't even do a basketball comparison. He calls himself Drake. I call so, myself the Filipino so, Drake. So that's, that's just like, uh, if you want to know uh, what we think of ourselves, yeah. we got Drake, LeBron, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a guy who's really good to just like take elbows in the face. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> not, that's, 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 I'm not sure that's if I ever, ever, when we had that episode, if I, if I said this, but uh, when we used to do basketball camps in high school and Francis was a uh, camper and I was a counselor. Uh, the counselor's nickname for him was Dirk Randolph. Yes. Yes. <laughs> His game was a combination of Zebo and Dirk. So yes. yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I, I like that competition. Well, to go from the the intramural legends as uh, as y'all were, I'm not gonna call myself an intramural legend because quite frankly, I was carried to my championships. But I will take my championships as they come. Uh, yeah, so for that dodgeball shirt. That's right. I earned my dodgeball shirt from being from having a, a torn torn rotary cuff. No, I had I did had I had nothing. I just threw my arm out, so not a big deal. But you know, from the intramurals to the actual NBA, and after no months of any basketball at all, the NBA season is actually over, which is actually really interesting to say out loud. I think, and the playoffs are upon us. So before we talk about the playoffs, let's just cap off let's summarize the nba bubble the regular season and talk the winners and losers of the bubble so far so grant let's start positive right let's be uplifting give me a winner of the nba bubble so far 
Uh, yeah, so I'm going to cheat a little bit on this and go with a winner slash loser because uh, there's a couple, couple different perspectives you can look at it from. Um, so the Suns front office is what I'm going with. So the Suns, uh-huh. Suns obviously, obviously went eight and zero, had a pretty incredible bubble run. Um, yeah, and I like two that big contributors of that were a little surprising: um, Dario Saric and Cam Johnson. Uh, Cam Johnson kind of found his role as the kind of perfect stretch four for that team. Dario Saric, also yes. who had been um, kind of falling out of the rotation for them, which was a surprise in itself, um, Very kind of found his role as the backup five uh, for them and, and really thrived in that role. So both those guys looked good, and that kind of um, hmm. made their this past off scene off season look a little better. And you know, winning eight games and being good that can cover up a lot of mistakes. It can make you seem good. Um, but that being said, they're still losers because those eight games don't uh, make up for everything that they did this past offseason, and that includes giving away T.J. Warren, not just giving away, but actually right. giving up a pick to get off of him. Um, and obviously, he right. didn't have the value he will have now if he, you know, cont- especially if he continues this run into the playoffs that he had during the bubble. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was a guy who was a certified bucket and had stretched his range out to the three-point line, was you know, starting to hit 40 percent of his threes. Um, so absolutely had value. On top of that, they you know drafted Cam Johnson. They moved back from six to eleven to draft Cam Johnson. They got Dario Saric in that deal. Probably could have gotten more value True. both in that trade. Cam Johnson they could have probably. picked at twenty one if they wanted to um, easily. Yep. Could have picked ten picks later. Um, and then also gave up Josh Jackson and Danthe Melton. Gave up Danthe Melton to get off Josh Jackson. I think I'm forgetting, but I think they also gave up a second round pick in that deal. Um, just to get uh, maybe, just to get off yeah. Josh Jackson, which the Grizzlies were like, yeah, we'll take that as a project. Plus, Danthe Melton's already a good player, and we'll take a pick. And we had to give up Javon Carter and Kyle Korver's contract. So, um, right. a lot of mistakes, and it, the optimism is at a high point for the Suns, but it does not make up for everything that they did this past offseason. Well, I actually, I actually really like that Grant because for me, I had the Suns as a winner and a loser of the bubble. So in terms of them being a winner, you know, nobody, when I say nobody, I mean nobody gave them a legitimate shot to actually make the playoffs before the bubble. But then they proved doubters completely wrong. They go 8-0, and then they're a winner because for the first time, people are actually excited about Suns basketball moving forward. I mean, think about it, guys. When was the last time people were excited about the Phoenix freaking Suns? 2010? Right when they made the Western Conference Final, that's probably the last time. But now people are actually excited about the Suns. They're excited about the young core of Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and the pieces around them. So in that regard, for me, they're an actual winner of the bubble. Now there are people who want to make them a loser and say, "Well, oh, they win and you know." Well, if they win and you know, then they should be in the playing tournament over Memphis. They deserve that last playing tournament spot. Blah 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 blah. Shut up. Like, just just shut up. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear people say that they should have made the bubble, or not the bubble, they should have made the playing tournament over Memphis. That's absolute bullshit. You know, 8-0 is great. Good for you. But the regular season still matters. And Phoenix lost the season series to Memphis 3-1. to So how about this? Maybe don't lose the season series to Memphis. Maybe don't suck for 85% of the regular season. Like, I just don't want to hear that argument they deserve to be in the bubble over Memphis. So they're not really, they're not losers of the bubble. 
they're really winners in my in my opinion of the Volvo. But I I definitely like what the point you're trying to make there. Great. That's totally a baseless argument. I completely agree with you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, and the people that argue, who are upset about it, are just upset that they're even invited at all. Then because yeah, like, um, but yeah, so I'll go. Grant, you were. You're happy and optimistic, and it's all go pessimistic now and say a loser from this, <laughs> from this tournament, uh, from the bubble, uh, which is the obvious one, which is the Pelicans and Zion, mm, who yeah. um, I think probably is an un- it's unfair, maybe almost in a way, for us to call them losers, because the reason why we're calling them losers is as fans who enjoy entertaining basketball, uh, we wanted the Pelicans to be good, and we wanted them to make the playoffs, and they just turned out to be not that good, and Zion wasn't in shape, and he wasn't yep. playing much, very good defense and and all that. So uh, maybe not entirely their faults as much as it is about people's perceptions about who the Pelicans could have been and should have been. But either way, Pelicans are a loser for how they played in these, in these eight games. Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of what you said, Connor, I had the Kings and the Pelicans as losers of the bubble. You know, for you know, the Kings, we talked about it. I guess I mostly harped on it on the last podcast episode that the Kings could be a sneaky pick to make the playing mm-hmm. tournament, maybe the playoffs, because I liked their roster entering the bubble. But they actually went 3-5, and five, and two of those wins were over the Pelicans. And so yeah. a combined... The combined the Kings and the Pelicans, they were th- they were five and eleven. They were horrible. They were just horrific. So yeah, th- there's no way the Pelicans can be considered anything but a loser. And also, I think the Kings should be considered than that as well. Great. What are your thoughts on the Pelicans being a loser? Um, I mean, it, yeah, it just it really I think it might have boiled down to. I don't know. What do y'all think? Do y'all think that? Just if Zion hadn't left the bubble and had stayed in shape, mm. would this? Would we be having a different conversation about the Pelicans right now? I mean, whether they made the playoffs or not, um, would they have been this utterly disappointing? Do you think, or do you think you know they were just weren't that good either way? I just think I think that they just weren't that good either way. And mm. uh, it's one thing to be out of shape on defense, but it's another thing just to make wrong reads and uh, not really know the rotations as well or as well as it should have been. Right. But Granny had mentioned something earlier that some of that can come from if you're exhausted, then your mental exhaustion can can also occur. So yeah. and your you know physical physical exhaustion right. can cause and mental your second efforts well. are obviously lacking when that happens. So that's a big part yeah. of it. Yeah, we we touched on in our in a previous podcast about Zion's impact on the Pelicans when he's when he's on the floor, and we also touched on previously that Zion was placed on a minutes restriction, and I brought brought up the point that it wasn't a bad decision by the Pelicans to put him on a minutes restriction. And y'all talked about how if if Zion looks this exhausted, this depleted when he's playing basketball, maybe he deserved the minutes restriction in the first place. And so to your point, Grant, maybe if he were healthier, maybe if he were in better shape and he would have been able to be on the floor longer to provide that impact that all of us know that he can provide for the Pelicans maybe then they could have done better. But even your point, Connor, makes total sense because they still had struggles defensively and they couldn't stop anybody. I mean, they couldn't stop anybody going to the rim at all. So their flaws, they weren't shielded by Zion. And even Zion's flaws, he's not a great defensive player as as we've talked about before. He's not 
At least, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a rookie. Yeah, he, he showed he's a rookie. Absolutely, he's t- he's definitely shown he's a rookie. You know, he he struggles in pick and roll coverage. He he just struggles in NBA defenses and kind of, in my opinion, relies on his athleticism athleticism too much. Excuse me, instead of having the basketball smarts defensively that is needed to defend the NBA caliber athletes. So, you know, I kind of I, th- I kind of think both all the points that we've talked about kind of merged together for how the Pelicans have really just underperformed overall. And um, so, in go ahead, Greg. It, um, going on top of that, I mean, the exhaustion is you have to make when you're a rookie, you, you only way you're going to not, you know, really struggle on defense is if you're making mistakes of effort that you're not, you're not, you know, that you're always trying um, as hard as you can and just putting in the effort and you can cover up for some of that when he's that exhausted, you can't do that. And the other thing with the Pelicans right. um, is before the season shut down, they you know were projected to make the playoffs because they had the easiest schedule in the league, um, and so <laughs> their schedule took the biggest hit right with the bubble because they had the easiest schedule coming in, right. and then it you know got harder because they're playing just bubble teams. Um, their schedule yeah. you know took that the biggest jump of any team, right? I, I would imagine I don't know, sort of one of the biggest jumps. Right. Um, so yeah. that's that's part no, of it. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So I think we're all in agreement that the Pelicans were a loser of the bubble. So I guess to be more positive i'll give a a winner of the bubble so far now i'm i've driven this bus many times before and i'm just gonna keep keep plugging keep pushing along and i'm gonna keep driving the michael porter jr bus and say that he is he is a definite winner of the nba bubble so far i mean this guy has been so good over the he only played seven of the eight but over the seven bubble games that he played He averaged 22 points a game, 8.6 rebounds a game, basically a block a game, 0.9, basically a block. He shot 45% from three, 57.7% from the field, and then he played around 34 minutes a game. So the point that you've made, Connor, in the past about how Michael Porter Jr.'s contributions, while they're they're really high, he's a genuine contributor to the Nuggets, he kind of did that in lesser minutes or in garbage time minutes. In the bubble, he's played substantial minutes for the Nuggets and has shown real value to this team. And I think if he continues this level of play, and you know the the Nuggets and Jazz just played a couple hours ago, he was really good again today. Then the Nuggets are a genuine force moving forward, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is a winner of the NBA bubble for sure. Yeah, with Michael Porter Jr., two things. One showed a greater ability to rebound. Yeah, incredible. And two, uh, a thing that was really very impressive, especially for a rookie, is that not only did he score a lot of points, but he did it very, very naturally. This yeah, wasn't forced at naturally. all. You you didn't watch it going like, "What are you doing?" Throwing that shot up. Right. Whereas these are all good looks from three and cutting, making good cuts to the basket. Very in the flow like, of the that offense. Jokic can make that pass. So yeah, it was. Um, you don't see that that often a rookie gets a good amount of points yeah. within the flow, like like Grant yeah. just said. He's able to yeah. get them, you know, big numbers um, by filling gaps and not by you know moving other people aside um, or anything. Yeah, taking other people's spot. Yeah, one of my winners was the Nuggets depth because I think it might have been uh, yeah, a, just like a blessing that. in disguise. You know, kind of losing Will Barton and Gary Harris here for a little bit. Because once those guys come back, now you have MPJ, and not only him, you have PJ Dozier, um, who's established himself as a real rotation player for them. Um, so mm-hmm. they're just um, one of the, you know, them Raptors and Clippers are the deepest teams in the league to me. Yeah, 
No, I agree. All right, Grant, give me. Be, now it's your turn to be sad. Give me a loser of the bubbles. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with an obvious one here: the Sixers. Um, mm. So since like the beginning of the Joel, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons era, the comparison for them has always kind of been Penny and Shaq, um, and I think what we're seeing happen is that's going to be more accurate than anyone ever thought, kind of for more depressing reasons than anyone ever thought, um, where mm. it's just. Yeah, I like that. Because of bad timing, injuries, um, and, you know, fit issues, and also, you know, a few unlucky bounces um, from Kawhi. Uh, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> a lot of unlucky yeah, bounces. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like 10 years from now, I feel like we're going to look back on this team and see a lot of wasted opportunity um, and wasted potential. Um, and it's going to be a team that, you know, kind of breaks up it's something that we never wanted to see happen. It's, it, we, you know, thought this team could, you know, win it all, um, have a dynasty, but it's kind of just it never worked out for them just because of, you know, a lot of different factors. So it, I, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of happened to Penny and Shaq, and I think that's the path that the Sixers are on right now. I, I like that a lot. It's just I had the Sixers being the team to come out the East preseason. Yeah, I, I bought, I bought in. I drank the Sixers Kool Aid. And now I am basically have food poisoning for drinking the Sixers Kool-Aid. You know, it's just not, they're not who any of us really thought they would be. And it's definitely a disappointment. Connor, what are your thoughts on the Sixers? Yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate for the entire basketball uh, community, both, I guess, I think both players who are curious, but really the fans who wanted to see what Simmons and Embiid together are capable yeah. of. And we got stripped of that opportunity. Yeah, so fully. With, I mean, yeah. on that note, yeah. though, it's maybe... Maybe they'll get to experiment here with Embiid alone as the centerpiece and see what they can put around him. Um, so I mean, I'm, yeah, very good point. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I don't know. All right, well, I was I was uh, sad last time, so I'll tell you what I've been happy about with this. Oh, uh, good. NBA Optimi- optimistic I'm, comment. I'm actually going to do three very quick ones. Okay. First one, after all our Pelicans hate, I think the Pelicans are also winners of the bubble because Ooh. Zion gets his moment that a lot of stars have early on in the career that MJ talks about. When he lost to the uh, to the bad boys, and he realized he needed to get stronger. When <laughs> you hear Charles Barkley right. say that uh, Malone told Barkley, "You're fat, and you're lazy," and that's what made Charles Barkley <laughs> turn into a great player. Not not, not saying exactly that about Zion, but in the sense that Connor, hey, Connor, Zion, Connor when, do you want to tell Zion that he's fat and lazy? No, 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 no. Do you want to tell no, him that? But I think they, right when they right after they lost the game, they were asking him and. Every time they ask him a question, Zion was just like, I'm going to talk to the coaches and see what I need to do to get better for next year. And so I think he's just he's got this mentality now of like, all right, I've played against the good players. I've played against the good teams now. And I know where I need to improve. And this is how I can get my game to the next level. So I think there's a good thing for the Pelicans with that. The only okay. good thing for the Pelicans is they've now gotten rid of Alvin Gentry. I have nothing against Alvin Gentry. I honestly have no idea if he's even a great a good coach or not a good coach. But uh they have the most desirable team in the world for a new coach to come along. So they have to pick and sure. a bit like opportunity to really make a culture for whatever they want. Cause everybody will want to coach that team for sure. Um, my second thing is the Raptors who just continue to play incredible basketball. Uh, I think the, what are they the most, the winningest team over like the past three years now or something in two, three years. Yeah. I believe they just continue I, to, I, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Game in, yeah. game out, bring it. And you keep uh, expecting them to fall off last... and, and not, you know, match their, output from last year and it just hasn't happened it's just, they keep maintaining yeah. it's crazy not even close yeah yeah i mean it's just it's so impressive on all three levels of the organization from the players to the coaching to the management so just such a well-run uh, franchise 
And then the last thing, and my, the thing I'm happiest about is the biggest winner of the NBA bubble is pure basketball fans mm-hmm. who for the first time really get to just really watch the players and hear the movement of them like running around the court and hear the yeah, guys yeah. talking on the court. So I like for people it. who really love basketball, yeah. this has been a blessing. Winners, technical fouls also have been being winners. All, yeah. all the rest of <laughs> yeah, get to sure. hear everything. And just team, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even hell, even in the the Jazz Nuggets game that we talked about, Quinn Steiner got a technical for for yelling at whoever, and he said, "No, oh, I'm I'm talking to my player. I'm not talking to you, ref." And the ref is like, "Nope, tech." Like it's okay, yeah. but you know, so <laughs> that's really like they can hear everything. Referees can hear everything, and we can hear everything too. So that's that's really cool. All right, so I was. I was kind of sad last time, so I'll be po- uh, or sorry. I was positive last time, so I'll be sad this time. Uh, I will, I will call the Utah Jazz a loser of the NBA bubble, and my reasoning is this: entering the season, I don't know about y'all, but for me, I was really high on the Utah Jazz. I thought, oh, yeah, I bro, like, you were high. I was high, yeah, man. I was high. <laughs> well, I'm drunk right now, so. But I was really high on on Mike Conley joining the Utah Jazz, because I thought he was the perfect piece to be added to that to that core of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, because Donovan Mitchell really struggled in the playoffs because he was the only offensive playmaker, offensive scorer on that team. Then you add Mike Conley, a guy who can't score, who can't facilitate, who can also defend. I thought he was the yin to the yang that the Jazz were looking for. That really didn't happen during the regular season. Took a lot of time for Mike Conley to develop. But then before quarantine, Conley played really well and really showed how he fits that Jazz team. And then quarantine. And then the bubble. And then the Jazz lose Boyan Bogdanovich, a really important floor spacing piece to that team. And then they go 3-5 and five in the bubble. You know, three and five, that's not that's definitely not very good at all. And if I was a Utah Jazz fan, I would be looking at these eight games to find a, a, sliv- a sliver of hope to be optimistic about the Jazz entering the playoffs because they were never in any threat to miss the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I would like some hope to, to be entering the playoffs. And, and the Jazz showed none of that. They, they showed their flaws. They didn't really, really play. They didn't play good basketball, especially offensively. Now, now, as we saw in the in the game earlier between the Nuggets and Jazz, Donovan Mitchell scored fifty-seven points, so that's really damn good. But I don't know. I, I just I can't give anything but a very low grade to the Jazz in the last eight games in the bubble because they didn't show any hope. They didn't show that fight. You know, the games that they did win were against bad teams. They lost every game against the good teams that they played and. I know. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see the fight in the Jazz, and for me, they're a definite loser. I, I don't think they didn't show fight. I think they just lost two key guys in a team that doesn't have much depth, so that that killed them. Um, yeah, that's all. That's a, that's fair. So. Grant, what do you thought? What do you what do you think I, about the? Jazz? I agree. I was really high on them before the season. I mean, that starting five seems pretty loaded, but you know, I expected to fit a lot better than it did. Mike Conley obviously struggled and was maybe coming on a little bit with. Bogdanovich being out maybe could step up into that secondary role more than the tertiary and be a better fit for that. Um, but now with yeah. him gone, it's yeah, I mean it's, it's tough. And Don Mitchell scoring fifty-seven in a loss, it's not a lot to be hopeful about. Well, Grant, give me a. You were pessimistic last time. Give me a winner of the bubble so far. Um, I'm all out of winners. Y'all, y'all took my. I give the Suns for an office, and then y'all took Raptors and Nuggets. So. A lot of winners. Uh, how about I give you 
two losers instead of one winner. <laughs> that that works. That, that <laughs> pessimism cancels each other out. We'll be, we'll be good. Yeah. Um, I had it flipped. So yeah, give a loser. Um, so first one is Steph Curry. So there's been a lot of hmm. chatter among the talking heads lately um, that Damian Lillard has now officially passed Steph as the best point guard in the league. Um, and let me be clear that I have had those two in a tier of their own for the past like three years. You know, pretty well ahead of mm, okay. this, the next tier, which would be Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Russ, Kyrie, whoever, whoever you want to put in there. Um, right. And Dame had an incredible year. Um, it was not on par with Steph's, not on par with peak Steph. You know, his unanimous MVP season, um, but on par with like a normal Steph season, especially when he um, is the number one option and the focal point of the offense, uh, which I guess he's never really the focal point of the offense. They're too egalitarian for that. But that being said, it's just the recency bias in this is just off the charts. Um, Dame is you know, obviously in the midst of the best stretch of basketball he's ever played and just a pretty legendary all-time stretch of basketball in general. Um and Steph played five games this season. Uh, can we just like give the man a chance to defend, yeah. defend his title before we call him washed, please? Um, yeah, seriously. Like, just let him play a few games. And then the other loser I have, uh, bear with me here. This is this is emotional. Campaign. Did he? Oh my god. Or did he not get shafted <laughs> when he didn't make an all bubble team? It's, for our listeners, Grant has a history with campaign, which is why he's bringing this up. Nobody else is thinking about campaign right now. Can I, just, can I just tell you all about his numbers a little bit? So he, he averaged uh, 10, 4, and 3. His first 36 numbers were 17, 6, and 5 um, on 49, 51, 85 shooting splits. Also, was doing some research, not even into him, um, just into the defensive players in the bubble, and he actually was on top, like up near the top of a lot of leaderboards for bubble players and defensive metrics, which was a big surprise. Um, wow. So yeah. I think MVP might be a long shot, but come on, first team is just seems like <laughs> as a given. How about second team? <laughs> you want to give him the most improved bubble player? Award? There you go. I, that's, that's a good that's, one. That, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Although Gary uh, Trent still might take that. That's true. Oh, Gary, yeah, Gary Trent's been balling. Someone's talking about someone who's actually balling. created a role for himself. Anyways, yeah. who's next? <laughs> I, think well, we're, I think I'm done for that, for yeah, good and, I, the goods and bads. Okay. I think we've given all of our, our winners and losers. Uh, I guess I wanted to ask you all, are, are the Memphis Grizzlies a winner or a loser of the bubble? You know, basically, should we disappointed? Should we be disappointed that Memphis didn't make the bubble, or should we be proud of the team? And you know, because Grant, you're a Memphis guy. I'm a Memphis guy. Grant, I'd love to hear what your thoughts about are of the Grizzlies and and how they performed in the bubble, and how are you feeling about the team right now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's when they go two and six and lose, blow a four game or three and a half game lead, um, and obviously have to win two games against the Trailblazers and don't win one, it's kind of hard to make them a winner. But at the same time, right. they lost a lot of close games. The Trailblazers, the playing game against the Trailblazers was really fun to watch. Um, it was a really tight game. They gave a lot of energy. 
And, I mean, Valanchunas and Nurkic in the first half, just going back and forth, old-school battle. <laughs> and then second half, Jaw awesome. versus Dame and CJ. Was, it was just complete um, duality there. Uh, really interesting. Yeah. Opposite is the spectrum of the game. Um, so, I mean, they're a really fun team. They showed they're young and they can't close games. Uh, but, I mean, this is what we expected of them, really. Like, we never coming into the season, we never expect them to be in this position at all. Um, right. And... I mean, if you tell me they, you know, are a Jaron Jackson injury away from basically being the eight seed, um, then I, I'm pretty proud of this team. Yeah. No, I, I think I make very good points. I mean, it's for me that they have to be a loser, and I don't mean that in a very harsh tone or in a harsh way, but they've got to be a loser of the bubble because – Entering entering the bubble with a three and a half game lead, like you said, and then not making the playoffs is tough. Everybody, everybody was basically stamping in the Grizzlies as a team to at the very least hold on to the eighth seed. That didn't happen, and then make the playoffs. That didn't happen. So, I mean, I was definitely one of those people, and it just sucks to see that they weren't able to hold that lead. Uh, Jonah Valanciunas was really good, though. John Morant was sensational. He averaged 23.4 points per game, 10.9 assists per game, 6.9 rebounds a game. He did that over the eight games in the bubble. I mean, granted, he wasn't the most efficient player, but he was the primary offensive creator and scorer when Jaron Jackson went down. So he was incredible, just point blank. He was absolutely incredible. Losing Jaron Jackson was a death sentence. Dylan Brooks was insanely inefficient. You know, he had a couple of good games, but oh my freaking god there were times where i would want to just turn the tv off watching dylan brooks play basketball it was really it just hurt my head there are so many times where he'd miss just wide open people in a fast break or he just not pass the ball <laughs> and just attack the rim on a one-on-four like dylan pull the ball out don't go to the rim initiate offense like what what is happening right now he pissed me off but Fra- francis i was just about to tell you it was a surprise gift to the show that was that we had dylan brooks coming on next episode but i don't oh, think so man. anymore dang that sucks that we're <laughs> that's a shame so hey dylan i love you man you had two really yeah. good games that's awesome but <laughs> but i'd much rather see consistency from dylan brooks than him being a boomer bus player than d'anthony melton which you talked about grant earlier he wasn't the, the anthony melton of the regular season he basically got worse in every statistical category but with those struggles aside as you as you mentioned grant i could not be more prouder of the grizzlies i just couldn't be more prouder more prouder you know, felt, proud yeah prouder not jay crowder prouder no no <laughs> you know never mind <laughs> he's nobody, a more prouder oh sorry yeah drunk, i'm drunk, drunk siren i'm drunk <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Ignore, ignore which, me. Which then you corrected yourself and then said it again more prouder the second time. Double down, man. I like it. Ignore me. That's yeah. right. I, I'm, I couldn't be prouder of the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Like, nobody thought they'd even sniff the playoffs. Nobody gave them a shot against Portland. Memphis could have just laid down against when Jaron Jackson got hurt, but they fought. Memphis fought like they always fight, and the future looks bright. You know, the future, we can talk about it in another podcast, but the future is bright on Beale Street, and I'm just, I'm excited to be a Memphis Grizzlies fan, but overall, they've still got to be considered a loser of the bubble because they didn't make the playoffs, and I'm, I'm still really proud to be a Memphis fan. I'm still really proud of the team, though, just in general. Oh! Squidward! I'll leave all this Grizzlies talk to you guys here and, uh, and move this on. 
with the question about now, because now we're going into playoffs and, you know, the bubble so far has been great. It's been fun. But now this is why everyone's here. Here's playoff time. And the biggest question, uh, or not the biggest one, but one of the big ones so far is uh, the Lakers have not looked great. Uh, LeBron isn't no. playing to his normal caliber yet. Yeah. Uh, will LeBron become LeBron again come playoff time? I guess to, to lead off on, on that, Connor, just his stats over the bubble, they're not that good, y'all. And I, I hate to say it because I love LeBron. Y'all know I love LeBron. But he averaged 22 points a game, 6.9 assists, 7 rebounds, and 3.2 turnovers. You compare that, and I don't have the actual stats of it, but you compare that to his numbers in the regular season before the bubble, he was playing at MVP caliber level. People were actually considering him as this, this number two guy in MVP next to Giannis. Like, he was playing insanely well. And it just hasn't happened. He, he just he doesn't look the same in games. His best game came in a loss to Indiana, which is weird. You know, he just hasn't found his form and hasn't shown signs of finding it. But at the same time, as we've talked about before, <laughs> it's LeBron James, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against LeBron James come playoff time. But I don't know, man. I I hate to hedge on your question, Connor, but I just don't I don't know. I don't I don't know if LeBron will become LeBron again because he hasn't even shown a sign of it. But I hope to be proven wrong. I hope that LeBron becomes LeBron. Grant, what are your thoughts on the Lakers and and LeBron's form so far? I mean, was I the first person to accurately call LeBron washed? Do y'all think? Do y'all think I, no. I think I win that title? <laughs> what, about, uh, what about Skip Bayless? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's never been accurate. LeBron <laughs> washed. That's but hey, like, good God. I mean, but he says it God every team. week. So what are these okay, guys? That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but touche. I mean, that's that was it kind of folds into really two of the questions I. I we're talking about biggest questions here for the playoffs. Um, and they're kind of both about my two main ones are kind of both about the Lakers. Um, I don't know, just cause they're kind of fascinating to me. And so like, I've been saying this all year, uh, but it kind of feels like a make or break transitional year for LeBron and Giannis. It's like, this could easily be the year where Giannis finally, um, once and for all takes the crown from LeBron with Le- after, you know, like, close to a decade of LeBron fending off contenders um, and just holding on to that title. Um, or, I mean, this could also be the year where Giannis, like, establishes himself as um, on an all-time great path. You know, if he were to win a title mm-hmm. this year um, and get over that hump, then it, yeah. it's, he's going to be in pretty um, legendary territory there. Um, yeah. It could go the other way, though. LeBron, you know, LeBron could get back in the form. The Lakers could look like they looked all season. Um, even if LeBron doesn't win a title, maybe LeBron, Giannis doesn't really get over that hump. Um, and, you know, this, get, this gets pushed back Ooh, another year. Maybe perfect. LeBron maintains that title. Um, but, like, that's just something I've been really interested in, that narrative all year, um, that kind of duel between them for power, that struggle. Uh, I like that. But that – so we can discuss that. But first, um, that brings me to a Lakers-specific question. So in high school – our basketball team would take a trip every winter break to Carbondale, uh-huh. Illinois. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, something about like that drive in the van, um, being stuck in Carbondale, like where it was snowing, and we would just go like see Django Unchained in in, in theaters, which was great movie. Um, but great film. Um, and then eating steak and shake every single meal. Like I'm not kidding about that. Our coach was 
75. You you remember our coach Francis? 75, <laughs> but like an old 75. He had two strokes. Love so, yeah, so um, what? Love to get sponsored one day by Steak and Shake. Oh God. He <laughs> I, he must have been unaware that there were other dining establishments in Carbondale, Illinois. Because I'm not kidding. We ate Steak and Shake every meal. Um, so some but something about like that shared experience always brought out the best basketball from our team. Um, we like we would communicate like crazy to the point on defense to the point that like other coaches would bring their teams to watch us and sh- as an example of this is how you be sh- should be communicating and that's not how we were like all year we wouldn't maintain that once we left Carbondale I'm well aware of that yes yeah. I, I'm but well like in Carbondale we would played. be <laughs> communicating with the hell out of each other you know and our bench was always going crazy so that's kind of what the energy of the bubble feels like constantly it's everyone stuck here um, this really unusual experience without their families. Um, it's it's kind of a boring, miserable experience to a degree. Um, <laughs> wow. Where the game, the I'd be, games. I'd, be, I'd love to be stuck in Disney World. I mean, it, for a, a period of time, yeah. But at, at a Fair certain enough, point, yeah. Um, like yeah. the games are like their main entertainment. Um, that's what they're kind of brings us together. So they're just there, bonding, playing basketball. Like so, that's kind of what the energy feels like. But that's also what the energy of the Lakers kind of felt like all the year, all year. And that's what made them other than obviously having, True. you know, two of the top eight players in the league. Um, that's kind of what really <laughs> made them um, <laughs> one of the best teams in the, uh, made possibly the best team in the league um, all year, you know, um, where they were able to hold on to that number one seat all year long. And it, it kind of feels like everyone's now, maybe this would have happened anyways because of the playoffs and everyone, the intensity goes up in the playoffs. Um, but, the bubble energy, if you, with the bubble energy, it feels like everyone has kind of caught up to that energy. Um, so mm, interesting. Do y'all think? I mean, do y'all agree with that? Do y'all think that the Lakers are going to be able to get that extra gear um, and be that team that was having so much fun? Um, I, I obviously it depends a lot on LeBron if LeBron is going to get back to form, and I fully expect it. I but again, that's kind of like LeBron exceptionalism. Like we've never seen him not be in form except for you could say that too that's a limited map series obviously um so we just kind of expected to come at some point um and yeah. there will be a day when he does fall off a cliff maybe that's now i would not bet bet for that I hope not. um so i mean it depends yeah. on lebron obviously a lot but i mean do y'all agree that like it's kind of the energy that they maybe haven't quite lost but that everyone else is caught up with them i don't think you're actually making a bad point grant i think the point you're making is really good because the lakers seem to be having so much fun during the regular season just watching lebron interact with the team watch them during games they were having genuine fun together and now it seems like every team in the bubble has has had that opportunity and kind of has come together you know how look at the blazers they seem to be have great chemistry together and really understand their roles carmelo has a hundred and hundred ten thousand percent bought into his role and he's been a genuinely good player for the blazers and would that have happened without the bubble? Would that have happened without time together as a team? Who knows? You know, but so maybe that the point you're making does hold a lot of water. Uh, but I think just so much of it depends on how good will LeBron be when the when the playoffs do come. And their struggles have, have so much to do with him. We're going to talk about X-Factors later on. And I thought about making LeBron James an X-Factor. But that felt that felt weird. You know, I don't want to make Le- that That feels wrong. Because of course he's an X-Factor. It's LeBron James. Of course he's an X-Factor. But I feel now more than ever, 
he really is one because of the way he's been playing and, and how and and not just how how important he is to the Lakers as a whole. Um, but no, I think the point you're making, Grant, is is totally fair. You know, I I don't know if they will regain that form. I hope so, but there it definitely seems like a lot of the teams in the bubble have really come together and have kind of matched that energy that the Lakers had throughout the whole season. And whether or not the Lakers kind of reach that gear, I think it's all on LeBron. So I I think we just have to wait and see. Connor, what are your thoughts? I'm gonna say uh, that is a really interesting point you bring up Grant about the team chemistry and, and the, the chance to bond and how every team uh, has kind of been able to do that and really get into it uh, with basketball really being the only thing going on in their lives, especially right now. Well, not only thing going on in their lives, but the, the thing that they're all together right. for doing together. And yeah. uh, But the part that I I wonder, and this isn't a yes or no to your your question you asked us, and just a, a, a wondering about it is, does that matter past the eight playing games? Like the eight playing games, okay, so they were every team was much more into it than they would be for a normal regular season game. But come playoff time, uh, does it really matter either way? Of like being in the bubble, like everyone should be one hundred percent in, one hundred percent talking, communicating, doing all that because uh, it's it's playoffs and that's just what it is. Right. Um, that, that's what I'm saying. So, like maybe uh, this would have happened anyways, where everyone's energy would have caught up, and like that they would have lost that advantage anyways. Um, but I mean, I, yeah. maybe we're just getting a preview of of it now. But yeah, I agree. Another question that I had, Lakers related, uh, is I guess can Portland put a genuine scare into the Lakers? Because as we've touched on before, Damian is on this all world run, and over the past few games, and so many, a lot of people are kind of hopping on that Blazers bandwagon, considering so. LeBron's recent struggles. Blah 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 thinking that Portland could actually give a run to the Lakers. So I want to ask y'all, I have my answer to this question, but I want to ask y'all, can they give a scare to them? Can they push the series to six, maybe seven games in the first round? What do y'all think? The Trailblazers can't put a scare in the Lakers. Only LeBron can put a scare into the Lakers. This is purely I like it. Yeah. what level is LeBron playing at. If he's playing at playoff LeBron, uh, Trailblazers, thanks for coming. See you later. <laughs> uh, but and then if he's LeBron's not playing at his level, then it becomes something. So really, I think it just it's LeBron. How are you feeling? How are you doing? And uh, that that will decide the series. Yeah. Do you Great. do y'all think LeBron's been texting Avery Bradley, being like, dude, just come on, just get in here. It's safer. It's come safer. Back. It's safer <laughs> inside here than outside. You can bring your family in now. Let's let's get it. Come on. Was that his thing? Or Avery Bradley's thing was a safety thing? What was his? His, his kid has a respiratory issue history. I think. Ah, um, right, I think okay. that was him. There was someone. I'm pretty sure that was Avery Bradley. But yeah, it was. Yeah. He, it was. He focused on his family, worried about his family's health. Um, so that's why he did it. Which understandable reason. But I mean, now it's been proven that it's safer sure. in the bubble. So it's like maybe you should just come in. You know. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Yeah. They could use him. Really, is safer in there. Yeah. What do you think, Ray? Do you think they can push the Lakers? Um. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I don't think they're gonna win the series or anything, but Dame's. Uh-huh. I think Dame wins them two games. Um, okay. Dame and CJ. I mean, they just don't have. They have KCP and Danny Green who can guard those guys um, somewhat, um, but you know, they they just don't match up that well. It's, it's a it's a bad matchup for them for sure. Um, so and Dame, if I you know he's obviously going supernova and, and been crazy. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, th- I think he wins them. Wins them two games. Gives them a scare. But I mean, right? No, I, I'm never gonna really pick an eight seed over a one seed. So yeah, I 
I have to give it. I have to give the question a, a no for me, just like a firm no. I it just they don't have any perimeter defenders or anybody who can really defend defend AD or LeBron on a night to night basis, especially if LeBron is playing like peak LeBron. What's that, Collins? Though? Um, uh, no, <laughs> pass. Like if in my opinion, actually, if if there were a team for LeBron to find his form, this would be the team. Like I think this is the perfect matchup. Uh, for for them for LeBron and AD to really come into form as a whole. I mean, the, Portland's not a great defensive team. Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets scored 133 points on yeah. Portland. You know, if you watch the Brooklyn Portland game, there's no way you can look me in the eyes and say that Portland Trailblazer team can beat the Lakers or really give them a scare in a seven game yeah. series. Like I, I just have a hard time really buying that. I mean, carries the birds a bucket and all. He's awesome. He's he's a really good really good player. He scored thirty seven points on on the Trailblazers. That yeah. probably shouldn't happen. And basically, Lavert played ISO ball against Portland's perimeter defenders. Like that, that I just don't I don't see it happening. It's not. I, I don't like the matchup for the yeah. Blazers, and I think I don't think Portland can scare him. So that's really my answer to that question. I think they were twenty first out of twenty second in defense in the bubble last time I checked. Yeah, so not great. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not not the best one. Yeah. Not the yeah. best one. Well, yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Do you have a question? What are your what is last, question for you? Was, or one last thing on that. Like, think about how many games that Damian Lillard had to go supernova for them just to win that game. Right. It's like, what if he's what if Damian Lillard's great, but not, uh, you know, uh, ungodly type? You know, are they, can they still win those games? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, guys. What other questions y'all have? Uh, I guess another one is just. Are do the Bucks have threats in the East coming from? We kind of talked about how well the Raptors had looked, and Grant I think mentioned how well the Celtics had looked, and so I guess you could say the Ra- the Raptors, Celtics, and if you want to throw the Heat in there, like, no, uh, I, I how, don't. You don't think so? <laughs> even know how well they played against the Bucks this year. I after looking after watching a few Heat games, I just don't, and I've touched on this before. I don't see their ceiling being high enough to beat the Bucks in a seven-game series. Okay. Whereas I can see the Raptors and Celtics, their ceiling could be high enough to beat the Bucks. Yeah. I, I just don't see it for the Heat, but that's just me. Like, so which of the two is the is the one that the Bucks should be scared of? Not scared of. They shouldn't be scared of anyone. They're the one seed. But which one yeah. are they? <laughs> uh, which one are they a worse matchup with? The Raptors. I mean, just the Raptors have looked incredible. They've looked so good. Um, and... I don't know. It's gonna Eric Bledsoe is someone we can talk about like as an X factor, um, which you know for obvious reasons he's had his struggles. Um, so I mean you've you've got him to guard one of Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet. Um, it's who's who's the other guy like Wesley Matthews or Dante Divincenzo? Those guys are yeah, matchup, matchup yeah. problems. Um, so the Raptors, uh, they have a full incredibly incredibly coached is maybe the main thing and that's something i've talked about a lot is schemes against Giannis. um if there's anyone who can scheme Giannis out of a series it's probably nick nurse um right well he he already did it so right um so yeah i mean i'd say the raptors and the before the raptors did the celtics kind of did that against the bucks in the previous playoff year as well Mm. yeah yeah so I think that to, to touch on the Heat, I think they probably rely a little bit too much on uh, young players at this point, like you know rookies. I mean, obviously the, the, Cel- the Celtics yeah. are young, obviously, but Jason and Jalen are a little different than Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. 
and and I I like Jimmy Butler. You know, I think he's a really good player. But again, I just don't see Jimmy being the guy to push the Heat over the edge to beat the Bucks in a series. I just don't see it. You know, I I like him as a player, but I think his he has one of the highest floors in the NBA. But I still don't really know what Jimmy Butler's ceiling is in the NBA. And so that's why I've always been kind of down on the heat. And they've definitely outperformed my expectations for them. But I just can't I can't nudge them to be in that group of company between the Raptors and Celtics. And, you know, Grant, I'm, I'm totally with you on the Raptors for basically every single reason you said. They're just incredibly consistent. They're incredibly well coached. They're super deep. And, uh, you yeah, know, so I, I agree. I think the Celtics have really good talent. You know, they could push the Bucks and they could be that team. But I think the safer bet, if I were to put money on it, would probably be the Raptors. So one yeah. one thing in the Celtics' favor is we still haven't as well, they also played very well in the bubble, but they we still haven't actually seen uh, their ceiling yet because they've been resting and saving Kemba for the playoffs. So True. we don't know necessarily yet what um, full force Celtics playoff mode looks like. True. Yep. So yeah, I think it's I think it's actually really close. So I, I really think it's like a flip of the coin between the two teams. And uh, as we talked about in our last podcast. It's not necessarily here. Here you go, Milwaukee. Here's the Eastern Conference title, and here's your ticket yeah. to the final. It's not that easy. Yeah. Like it's gonna actually be a fight, and I really look forward to seeing the Bucks Celtics or Bucks Raptors, uh, and and whenever they face each yeah. other. So Connor, yeah, I think that would both be really good matchups. Connor, you posed the question like, you know, do you take the Bucks or the field? And after the bubble, I I had said the Bucks probably close over the field. I think that's probably reversed um, after the bubble games, just because how good the Raptors mm-hmm. and Celtics have looked. I'd probably go like yeah. sixty forty field at this point. Well, yeah, that's a definite change. Uh, well, to to kind of uh, to to ask another question for y'all, uh, who do you think? How how do you think Russell Westbrook, his injury will affect the the Rockets in their first round matchup? Because it's well documented James Harden's struggles in the playoffs. You know, we we very well know of them, and I think the Ooh. Thunder can. And the narrative. <laughs> Considering, I forgot how much of a stand. I didn't know the last episode that you're a James Harden stand. But, well, the, uh, uh, well, one of the. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say there has been times where he actually, like, you can tell he's he hasn't played as well as the regular season. But the big memory I think everybody has of him struggling in the playoffs is when is what after he got that concussion and then just shot a bunch of threes because like he was concussed. Like, I don't, do you remember? I forget the exact game it was, but you remember it was. Uh, uh man, which game was this? Do you, Grant? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Game? Are you talking about game right. game six against the Warriors? Are you talking about? Yeah, I think it was probably because they blew a lead, so probably game six. And like he got it play that they Ooh. called it not a concussion because they didn't want to take him out, but he clearly got rattled on the head. Clearly and, was uh, messed up. And the rest of the series, he just like he didn't have it anymore. And uh, so I, I want to give him more of a chance. I mean, if he was, he could have been a concussion away from being an NBA champion. I mean, yeah. So Chris, he was Chris Paul injury basically away from. Being NBA champion too, um, which obviously Draymond, yeah. or, Draymond or just got, got hurt too, but still, or suspended, yeah, or whatever it was, or historically poor shooting night by a good shooting right. team, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's well. Do you think brings up? Do you the, think losing Russell will hurt the Rockets? Yes. Uh, I I yeah. don't like Russell I, Westbrook. I think they'll be fine for the first series. Yeah, I mean they'll be fine early on, but I do, yeah, I, mean, I don't like Russell Westbrook. But what they do has been successful because of Russell Westbrook and what they've un- unleashed yeah. in him. Um. So I mean, without him, it's uh, there's just no help for James. Really, it's just 
is PJ Tucker or, or um, are Robert Covington going to have a good shooting night or not? You know, um, that's basically it. You don't you don't right. have <laughs> thirty points from Russ to lean on. Um, and this is a team, um, like I've said before, that it's all about variance with them, and they've done the math, and most of the time it works out in their favor. Um, but you know, like the game you're talking about, Connor, they can have these horrible shooting nights, and there's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing you know, you're not going to win if you don't hit threes. Yeah, Connor, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think they're fine uh, in the Thunder series regardless, but they need him back come second round. So yeah, um, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, so I'm currently watching Boston Philadelphia right now. Uh, just just Ooh. got halftime. Um, pretty pissed that we have to be podcasting right now, so just watching this game. <laughs> yeah. So hey, content, yeah. content. content. So uh, to make up for that, let's let's do some picks. Let's uh, pick all the first round series. What do y'all think? Let's do it. All right, top to bottom, Lakers Blazers starting in the West. Grant, who, who's your who's your pick? We can just say Lakers on three, right? We're not Lakers. We don't have to yeah. go into this one, do we? Yeah, yeah. Lakers. One, two, three. <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> don't really need detail. We talked about it already, so that one's simple. Rockets Thunder, the four or five matchup. This uh, we'll see. Rockets Thunder. What do y'all think? Rockets in six. Ooh, ooh, I like. Great. I'm gonna go Thunder. Chris Paul revenge tour. Ooh, just for just for fun. In seven. Um. In four. In four. <laughs> sweep. Gentlemen, sweep five. Now we'll go. We'll go seven. Oh. <laughs> we'll go seven. Seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I I'm with you, Connor. I'll go Rockets in six. Although my heart wants what you said, Grant. Thunder and, and seven. Yeah. So that's that's what my heart wants, but I'll pick Rockets and six. All right, Nuggets Jazz, the three six matchup in the West. What do y'all think? Uh, Nuggets and or Nuggets and five. Okay. I'm gonna go Nuggets and six. I'll get the Jazz a couple. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna go sweep. I'll go Nuggets and four. I, I, we talked on about the Jazz before, and I again first game went to overtime, but I think it's gonna be one of those series where the first game is close, and then the rest of them just. Not not battles, not competitions. So I'll go with Nugget Sweep. So that's my pick. All right, two seven matchup: Clippers, Mavs. Which uh, this might be interesting. So picks picks for this one. Yes, yes, got to be the favorite series of the first round for sure. Mavs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mavs got to be the best uh, seven seed. I don't know. I don't know in how long, but a, a long time. Um, in a very long time. And I honestly think the Clippers might be my favorites after the bubble. Um, which I might still be picking Bucks Lakers in the finals just because I want that to happen, but I think the Clippers right. are probably my favorites. Um, so I gotta go Clippers, but it's gonna be a really fun series. I'm gonna go Clippers in seven. Ooh, okay, Connor. I'm gonna speak with my heart here. I'm gonna say Mavs in seven. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love to see it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Clippers in six. I, I think we're all in agree. I think we all agree that this will be a good series, just overall. And it's not the Clippers won't sweep them. It won't be a blowout. This will be a good series. Uh, but I think the Clippers are still, still the team. So Clippers in six. All right, to the East, the Bucks Magic again. I think we can go three, two, one Bucks. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron Gordon's yeah, a pretty good matchup for Giannis. Bucks, you know, Bucks, you know what, Grant? <laughs> you know what, Grant? <laughs> yeah, Mo Bucks Bamba's looking pretty strong. Oh Grant, my God. Grant, are you giving the Magic a win? Or are you going a sweep? Nah, let's go sweep. Okay, okay good. Yeah. What about Terrence Ross, right, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a wild card yeah. for Bucks. sure. 
<laughs> yeah, no, Bucks and four. All right, Pacers Heat. Now this one, I think we might have some some differences. Pacers Heat. What do y'all think? I'm intrigued by the order, and you're bringing these out in. Uh, Pacers Heat. I'm going. Pa- or I'm going Heat, and I'm going Heat in five. Are y'all at all surprised that the Heat are the lower seed in this matchup? Because I, I actually am. Uh, yeah, I guess like good for the yeah good for the Pacers having a good season this year, but. Uh yeah, I think I think Nate McMillan probably. I mean, it's it's like what like is there a half game difference between them? But Nate McMillan is pro- right probably isn't getting talked about enough as uh for coach of the year. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go Heat in six. Heat in six. Yeah, I will go. I'll go Heat in six. Also, more too much fire. Too much. There's too much for the too Pacers, much bam. But Heat in six. Yeah, too much. Exactly. Good way to put that. All right, Celtics Sixers, the three six matchup. I I think we'll all agree on this one. But what do y'all think? Celtics and six. Celt- oh, that's a lo- really. Why do you, you think the Sixers could win two games in this series? I think the Celtics always have had problems with Embiid, and uh, I could just see and- Embiid having two games where he goes forty twenty and, and okay. carries a carries a win. So okay, Grant, I'm gonna go Celtics in five. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Grant. I'll go Celtics in five as well. Uh, I think what you say, Connor, is fair, but I, without Ben Simmons, I, I mean, a lot of it depends on what Brett Brown does with Embiid. So maybe he has a whole scheme, just and it's perfect for Embiid and Horford and and that system. But I I just don't see it. So Celtics in five for me as well. Maybe now, right, maybe Raptors, now Nets. Brett Brown has figured it out. Maybe finally this is the time. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe he has finally. All right, Raptors Nets the two seven, and again I think this should be a three two one. Raptors in Raptors four. In four, yeah. Yeah. Raptors in four as well. So those Crazy are, the Nets are those are our we have maybe the best seven seed and the worst seven seed in a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree well, more. Now remember we're doing the uh, last or not, or not last year, the uh, last dance talk. They talked about how the the Bulls made that playoffs one after like Jordan had been hurt that year, and like what was the record for the Bulls? They were awful. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but it was a bad record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if that's what the old NBA used to be like, there's probably been some awful. There's <laughs> definitely been some awful teams to make oh, the yeah. playoffs. That's a good point. Yeah, totally. Fair. I mean, hell, look at the Eastern Conference the past five seasons. So that's really all. Yeah. It's actually not. That's all. It's all you need to see. So okay. So those are our predictions for the first round. Now yes. the bets, yes. which I will right. leave all to Connor Byrne. Yeah. So predictions and bets. Week. These are separate. Uh, once again. Bets are for punishments, where Francis today had a uh, chug four beers before recording this episode. So Also, well done, Francis. Grant, Grant you, your chugs carry over, bro. So you got two in the next episode regardless. I'm going to so. forget it next time. I'm just <laughs> going to keep piling them up and see how high I can get. I, <laughs> I want to push the human body be, to its limits. It'll be episode 20. You'll really? have yeah, 60 <laughs> chugs. Like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well, so for this week's bets and for future shotguns or chugging, we have first game, Heat Pacers game one. Who you got? Should heat. Be good. Yeah, Heat. Yeah, Heat. All right. Clippers Mavs game one. Who you got? Mavs. Oh, God. Connor, you go first. I went uh, I'll go Mavs. I, I'm going to say Mavs every time because I want them to win. All right, I'll go, all right, I'll go Clippers to be different. Yeah, Clippers. Okay. Rockets Thunder game one. Ooh, um, I'll go Rockets. No, I'll no. Yeah, I'll go Rockets. I'm gonna go Rockets as well. I guess I, I pick. I oh, pick the scary. Thunder. That's a scary one. So though. I guess I gotta go. Thunder? I gotta okay. go Thunder. Okay. okay. All right. 
So this t- this game today went to overtime, but for game two, Nuggets Jazz. Nuggets. Not Nugget. even I'm not hesitating. Yeah. Yeah, Nuggets. Nuggets. Alright, and our last one, Celtics, 76ers, game one. Um oh, sorry, game two. We'll do game two because this one's yeah, already game going two on. Now. Game two, yeah. Celtics, 76ers. Sixers. Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. Okay. Alright. So we have we have a little we have a few differences, enough to make it interesting. Yeah. There will be uh, there will be a winner in this one. Yes. I don't think we can tie right now. So yeah, well that's yeah that sounds good. I I've enjoyed doing this podcast while fairly drunk after chucking four beers and <laughs> uh, hopefully Grant can find some good sound bites of me burping because that's a this has been brutal. This has not been the greatest experience of my life. I feel incredibly bloated and really hungry, which are two very odd feelings to have. Simultaneous. uh, I definitely definitely don't want to lose next week. But without further ado, again, thank you, everybody, for listening to The Up and Under. Yes, that is the new name of our podcast. It has been your boy Francis Carlotta with Connor Byrne and Grant Heckinger. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Up and Under. Peace. Pool days, hot tops, with my blue face, ice pops, I'ma make a shoelace, necklace, yeah we whipping pops on, Lexus, and I'm skipping school days, mic drops, eyes on summer like cyclops, yeah we falling off the sidewalk, mama wants a home for